I hear a lot of people say, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a child. And they're using the word village as a noun and not a verb. You're listening to The Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed on The Fly Guy Podcast by the guests of The Fly Guy Podcast are only the views of the guests unless we say we agree unless explicitly stated <laughs> I'm Seiko Varner and I have two lovely ladies with me who have some great information on making Virginia and definitely our schools safer, smarter and stronger as well so why don't you introduce yourselves ladies yeah I'm Jackie Glass I'm actually a Norfolk resident okay um, recently ran for the school board here in the Norfolk area I'm a Chicagoland native okay. uh, but I was chose this area, this Hampton Roads area, um, because of I am I'm, I'm I'm all about schools. I have two little citizens that are in um, the public school systems here in Virginia. I don't know what else. What else? What you what else you want to know? I love that. You call you said you have two little citizens. Yes, two Great. little citizens. Yeah, that helps me do my job a little better. When I think of them as people that are gonna go off someday and do some things without me. It allows me to make sometimes the tough decisions as a parent. So I call them my citizens because, you know, kids, when I say kids, I want to, I want to coddle a little bit. I do. Okay. I, <laughs> I want to make some. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. And uh, Christina, introduce yourself. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for letting us uh, speak. Yeah. Um, we always appreciate that. Uh, so my name is Christina Kimbrough. I live in Norfolk as well. Um, I did. I just finished running Jackie's campaign. Wow. So, and that, I am a co-host of Your Neighbor's Hood, which is a podcast with my partner in crime, Jackie. Okay. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah, sure. So um, Jackie and I started Your Neighbor's Hood, the play on words, um, after the campaign because clearly I'm white and black. And we uh, just encountered a lot of race, just questions and challenges. Um, and so we really need, we were having some really honest conversations and there were some learning to be done on my part, you know, and um, we realized that they were really impactful. And we thought, why don't we share these conversations, take them out of the kitchen, yeah. put them on a podcast. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. All right, well, you ran a uh, you running a podcast. You ran a campaign for the school board. The, the, the both of you together, you uh, dealt with a lot of different things. What were your thoughts on school safety? We're gonna start with safety first. What were some of your thoughts on school safety? Well, I say when when because we started at the the very beginning of the year, a lot of people's minds were on Parkland, and it, it, there, it I think we had two school shootings during our time on the campaign trail. And so we got a lot of questions about, you know, uh, should should teachers have guns? Should, you know, like really. And I think, Christina, I think at one point we sat down and had the conversation about how to answer these questions. Because um, I think we lost sometimes with school safety in the national converse backyard. And so we had to have some conversations about what does school safety look like for our area? And um, a lot of that revolved around, I mean, some of our schools don't need more police officers because the demographics of the schools um, don't, um, 
don't fare well with having more of that presence. That doesn't make our students feel safer where there are other places where the students do feel and the and the and the parents and the community do feel more feel safer with with police officers. So it was it was really kind of a we, we I think it was one of our biggest challenge because people really went hard about what it looks like. But like like Christina alluded to earlier is that we've got our 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 town, our city is very segregated in what safety looks like at one school is not what safety looks like at another school. And so just coming to terms of what is a standard of safety and I think it it is in what the community um, uses as as safe. Yeah. Hmm. Would you agree, Christina? Yeah, I was gonna say, geez, Jackie, I'm not really sure if I can. I love to not say things. I like to speak when I can add value. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was our approach. <laughs> I mean, we came up with that specifically and everything we did was community focused and knowing the needs of the schools and particularly in her ward, if that makes sense, you know? And so right, right. I think it can be hard when you look at the, when you look at a national picture, it's very different when you break it down for each community. Hmm. Okay. 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 So what were some of the parents' concerns outside of more police officers and arming teachers? What were some of their other safety concerns? Um, I will tell you, there was a lot around bullying. I mean, because that's, a, I mean, I think if we were to say what is the biggest issue with parents and their safety for their kids, it, it all boils down to the bullying piece of, I don't want my child to feel like they're going to walk into school and have another child be able to chastise or um, make them feel like school is not the best place to be. I remember sitting in a school at one point and a mother bust into the school office and she's like, that's it. I'm withdrawing my kids today, period, because of a safety, because of bullying in the school. That's it. Her, her, I guess her daughter had called her in the middle of the school day. And so addressing what does that actually look like? We were very fortunate in, in the sense that our school board had already been working on some of those things, the social emotional health within the schools, they were already putting some things into play and we're able to speak to what is happening and what that looks like monetarily, I would say, right? Um, that that's that's where the parents' minds probably needed to be is, is here's the plan that our current school has put out to address this counselor-wise, what that looks like for each school, what the need of each school is, and we need to push them to make sure that this is in the budget and yeah. we'll go from there. I would say that's kind of to bring it to add to what Jackie was saying is um, kind of why you ran is like we didn't have like a lot of there it goes with safety is we didn't have systems in place or recording or or things to back up like when an incident would happen where's the follow-through what's the process you know Jackie and I are very process driven you know and tracking a process and holding people accountable um we just really didn't see a lot of that and so you would hear parents say x incident happened that would you know harm the child and then they there was no follow-through um you know they didn't receive the proper help they didn't receive the help because no one was being held accountable so I would say all of those were the big things that I heard hmm hmm yeah. All right. Um, if you had a chance to change the schools in Norfolk, let's say in the next round, uh, the next campaign, uh, what would you do to make them? Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I would. Let me just preface by 
because you know because of the election i think christine and i both feel a level of social responsibility mm. given that um that it and so many people are looking for us to do something in some sense to stay connected in one way or another and i just wait i just the guy with the dreads do you remember his name he so one of the people that volunteered for us uh-huh. um just stopped by my house today because we're talking about accountability with um, the material conditions of our schools. Like we're trying to figure out how we can establish a waste, fraud, and abuse hotline or some way that our, our the people within the school system can account for what's, yeah, I mean, you know what, it's, it's and I praise the military before that because we have, we always had a means to look at the process and systems that were in place and um, reach out beyond our little um, silo, that's your word, Christina, <laughs> reach out beyond our little <laughs> silo to let the higher-ups know that, hey, this is an issue. We had a, a gentleman that I spoke to had an incident where there was a trash can outside of his school that for three years that he had been trying to get them to move because they didn't need the extra dumpster. And it was costing, over the three years, it was upwards of $20,000 that was wasted by having this this huge trash bin there that wasn't even being used, right? It, it was being picked up. It was empty. You know what I mean? So at what point do we get to the people to say, hey, that's where could that $20,000 over? And it was, I think it was over $20,000, but he's keeping track of that. And that tells you, you have an amazing employee who's keeping track of things and you're doing absolutely nothing with it. So like Christina just said before, there are a lot of process things that I think we still can have some influence on that we don't have to wait to the next go round. So waste, fraud and abuse, um, we are um, doing the communal efforts for for homework houses and that's something that you know Christina <laughs> I the, the kids were working with parks and recreation to get homework houses in our um, rec centers because we see that our school can't necessarily supply every and 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 so we as a community and that's what we're doing when the business of empowering people to to, to do now um, and also vote <laughs> And also get involved in civics. So I don't think that it's a matter of waiting until next year. I think it's a matter of understanding and empowering people to the right now. Excellent. 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 All right. Well, the next part of the conversation is going to deal with smarter. We want to make sure that our students have greater academic achievement. And you just actually tapped into that. Um, What were some of your thoughts on helping to make sure that our students had greater academic achievement? You want to take it, Christina? I feel like I talk too much sometimes. No, please. So, you know, one of the things that Christina and I had to manage during the campaign was I run a homework house and that started off with two kids coming over because their mom came home late and could never help them with their homework. So two twins, they were coming over doing their homework. Other kids was like, you know, Miss Jackie, I need the help. And it snowballed into 12, upwards to 12 kids. And probably on, on average, on average, it was about seven of them. Um, but coming over after school to get just the support, the technology and the snacks that they needed to get their homework done. And I kick them out when they're done, you know, but um, (laughs) (laughs) the truth is the truth. Christina, we had to, then we have to kind of fuss with that as they're coming in and we're trying to get ourselves ready to canvas, but um, making our kids smarter requires us to show up as individuals. I feel like it's a block by block basis. 
And one of the challenges that we were strategies or challenges that we made for people was like, how many kids do you have on your block? How many little citizens do you have that are school aged on your block? Do you know that one? Because we know making kids smarter isn't just about an academic grade. It's about decision making. It's about the ability to understand consequences. It, you know, it's more than just a grade because we've got a young lady that came for to the homework house for the whole school year and still ended up with a D in math. But it was better than that E. You know what I mean? And her effort with the teacher could see the effort. So I think it's a it's a whole person effect, block by block. But the only way to really make the kids smarter is for them to see that they are good people, right? They don't just the school. You know, they don't, the school, we, I think there's an expectations for the schools to just turn the kids around and that they're showing up and they, you know, there's the school supposed to fix it, but they walk into school with their own personal traumas, right? And which cause them to not look or seem smarter. They walk into school with their own sense insecurities, which make them seem not smarter. So I think there's a sense of empowerment that comes from our community engagement so that they walk into the school smarter. You know, whole person, whole, whole person smarter. Christina, I don't know what you have to add to that, but yeah. What I would add to that, because Jackie and I just come from like a, I don't know if it's a community-based model, but it would also be supplementing the teachers as well and giving them the support um, mentally, emotionally that they would need as well. Um, because you can't teach well, right? You can't come and present your full self to a classroom if you're overwhelmed at home and yep. you're not making enough money, you know, and so all of those things. So I think we were also trying in our small way that we could be advocates for teachers, keep making sure that their, their mental health is on par. Cause there's real, there's real, um, your mental health can be affected when you're dealing with kids that come in that may have been gone through trauma. You know, there's secondary trauma that can come through. So if we're not addressing the stress levels of the teachers, you know, that's another issue too. So we wanted to make sure we wanted to basically get the community to understand that you could do one small thing. And we actually even had like that a whole weekend. Yeah. Because smarter, I think smarter has that. It, what is it, a Venn diagram? <laughs> when you, when you, it's almost like you know, grade schools are are the seat of the chair, and then the pegs are the students, the teachers, and administrators, and the parents, right? And so, in order to make things safer, smarter, in your other words, stronger, in order for that to be a strong chair, there's three folds that you have to address every single time that all revolve around the kids do you know right. what I'm saying right. it all revolves around the kids but if we're we can't forget the care of the teachers you know and then the yep. and we were always trying to teach people too you can care for your teachers in small ways too I think something that we are very big on is like you can't I think we think sometimes that small acts don't don't amount to don't me, mm -hmm. but they do you know, and so Jackie and I were always just, you can do a small thing, whether it's buying a cup of coffee for a teacher or saying thank you to a teacher. I feel like we heard a lot from teachers that they would often get flack, you know, and just get complaints. But how often are we complimenting them or reinforcing like, Jackie, you're great at that. You, I think, I mean, you can speak to that, but they're, you know, like telling them like, you're doing a good job. Like I stand behind you. Yeah. It's co-parenting. Yeah. And, and the kids yeah. Get, yeah. Yeah. And you brought up something too um, with smarter, right? Right. Um, it is difficult to um, get everyone to believe that our kids can be smarter, not just by grades, when we have parents that don't feel smart. And I can't tell you the number of times that we knocked on doors and we, we talked to parents that were like, well, I'm not going to go up to the school because, you know, I, 
I don't have all of my education or I don't want to sound dumb and I don't want to, you know, like seriously, like, so if you've got that projection of yourself, it is being projected on your kids. So they're showing up feeling like I am I am less than. So it was also a, a, a piece of teaching parents how to advocate for their what advocacy looks like and then how to do that and then how to teach their little citizens to advocate as well. Because um, the blessing that we have in this world, we have smarter kids. <laughs> you know, we have smarter kids in the sense of our middle schoolers have emails and email address. They can be in contact with the teachers as much. So we're teaching them. If we taught, and this is an accountability thing I have with my son, I never get involved with the teacher or an incident in school unless he's done three things. You've addressed it verbally with the person, the teacher, whoever it is. Mm -hmm. You've addressed it written because you're smart enough to write an email. They, the school systems, and I don't know if Virginia Beach has it too, they have email. You have right, a right, right, right. email that person. And if that person doesn't respond to that, then you go to either the guidance counselor or the vice principal. Or take, you know what I mean? You take it to the administration. So we teach our kids, we empower our kids, and then they feel smart. They feel smart. Wow. You, you, you have no idea how those little things allow them to show up and be able to take information a little bit better. And then the parent now who's um, felt constrained by the system of saying, I don't want to show up because I don't want to look like, because I've even showed up as great as a parent as I think I am and felt like I was under attack or I was being indicted for the way my son was behaving. <laughs> and so I show up with three things. Well, you know what? He spoke to you. He wrote this email. Here's the email. And then he also spoke to this person. So now I'm here. I'm not just here just to be mama bear. I'm here because it's obvious that you're not willing, you're not ready to address this or you need, I need to help support my little citizen in addressing this. So it's empowering three folds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, good. And that leads us to our last one, stronger. Yeah. Um, when I deal with the concept of stronger in my platform, safer, smarter, stronger, I'm really looking at a stronger connection between the community and the schools, mm -hmm. which was one of the big things in your campaign. Mm -hmm. So talk to that. How do you think the schools and the communities could benefit from a stronger connection? Well, I mean, I can say I just know, so I don't have kids, but I can easily say I, um, that it's you, you, there's benefit for everyone. There's a benefit, there's a cost benefit to the value of my home when the schools are better. Because when a young family, right, like without kids is looking to move to a new home or new city, they're looking at the schools. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, right, right. The, because your house is based. So that's just, I mean, and that's just a cost that doesn't even go to anything else, but that's just everything gets better. Businesses, businesses come and stay and then homes and then families come and they stay and then they raise their children. You know, so it's, it's kind of getting, it's almost like we have to get people out of this mindset of just them, like yourself right now. You almost need to get people into a legacy, learning to leave a legacy and what and how and taking pride in the city around them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say that that I, I think that connection I guess a lot of the, the concerns that I had with that connection was I hear a lot of people say, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a child. And they're using the word village as a noun and not a verb. And realizing that they need to start villaging. Like you're so funny. <laughs> Mind blown. Mind no, no, blown. You know what I mean? People <laughs> say it all the time and it becomes this passing thing. 
And so my question is to those people who say, yeah, 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 it takes a village. Then, then where are you putting that into action? How are you villaging? And what does villaging look like? And I'm like Christina just said, we encourage people just by the smallest thing, the smallest thing, like the neighbor, my neighbor next door is known for giving the kids a quarter, given, you know, he gave snacks, he, you know what I mean? He gave snacks to the homework house. You know what I mean? It's the little things that we do that create these connections. So now all the kids on the block know that Mr. Lafayette is in, he's an ally to us. Say good morning. Pull up your pants when you walk by, by his house. Do you know what I mean? It makes the, the, the neighborhood, the, the community creates um, creates who they are. It is, I don't know the study and I hate to quote statistics, but I remember as we were preparing, it said, you know, only 10% of who a child becomes is made up in school. The rest of it is in the home and in the community. So what are we showing them by not saying to them and letting them, you know, um, run amok in our streets? That is, doesn't, that doesn't race doesn't even matter in that. It's just the child, by not holding them accountable, by seeing them be disrespectful to their parent in front of us and not saying anything, by not encouraging when we see that there's an issue, what are we taking away from that child by not villaging? And I think people have to really look at that, is that it is not getting up in folks' business, but that requires you to get outside of your front door and know the people around you so that they won't take it as you're trying to get in their business so that they see that the kids come first. And I think when folks see you loving on their kids in, a, in, 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 a, in an appropriate way. In an appropriate way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm going to tell you, the, the children of my homework house, I never even knew their parents until it came down to a couple of them. I didn't even know their parents until I was asking, hey, do you mind if I talk to their teacher? I'm Miss Jackie, the one you've probably been hearing about. And um, here, I think it was just a, it was just an end. And when you see the, when they see the changes in their children based off what a few people in the community are doing, then guess what they do? They get involved too. Right. They say, I can't do much. I don't have much to give. So that's not what I'm asking. All I'm asking you to do is allow me, allow me to show up for you. Allow me to be there when you can't. Allow me. And that does wonders. What do you, we, what did Michaela Michelle's mom? They were supposed to move to Detroit, Michigan. My neighbors around the blocks, and they just decided because the way our community is, it's tough because they have no family here, but they want to stay just because of the community. That's wow. it. That's it. Wow. 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 Any last words, Christina? No, I can just speak to that. I mean, I know that even like with um, Duran, her son, I would take him out on the campaign trail and I was part of that community and that tribe. And so I took that role. I think Jackie had said that before, like not that I'm raising him, but I'm part of his life. You know, so we would have what like real serious talks together, you know, and so then I took it on as a prideful thing of like trying to be the best adult that I could be in, in his life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like and, and, and have fun, but then also provide some value and be like a you know, an older person in his life that he looks up to. So so I think if you can tra- if we treat the people in our lives like that to treat that the kids matter and that we all shape them, that it takes all of us. Yeah. Um and ten percent that's I believe that, yeah, it's our community because kids go to school every day but the people around them is what changes them and if we can shift that mindset that the children everywhere matter wow good stuff good stuff good stuff stuff. Uh, well I also want to say thank you for your service Christina to your husband 
thank you. Right, and Jackie, to you and your husband for your service to uh, our country in the military work that you guys done. And thank you for the work that you're doing in our community with your villaging. Yeah. Uh, that's a new hashtag. Hashtag yeah. villaging, right? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm gonna high five you for yeah, stepping up to the plate because it's no small feat. It's no small feat. It just takes something in you to decide that this is something that you want to do. And what I think your city is going to be so grateful, what they're going to gain, there are going to be so many people that are going to understand the beauty behind Seiko and what it is that you're trying to bring to the city of Virginia Beach. And stand by to stand by, right? Ain't that what they said? Well, that's what we said. No, stand by to stand by because I think the punch that you pack as far as influence and just doing that one thing, like Christina says, I think it'll it, it's gonna inspire some folks. So thank you for stepping up to the plate because that's not that's not something to take lightly. Yeah, right. Thank you, thank you. Well, ladies, yes, take care. Take care Unless take we care. say we agree, the views of the guests on the Fly Guy podcast are solely the views of the guests of the Fly Guy. Stay podcast. fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay fly.